time when things are shifting. We're going to be a new world order. We've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's up, everybody? It is Saturday, February 11th, and we welcome you to tonight's broadcast. That was not a typo or an error. Uh, we are broadcasting on Saturday. Uh, we typically do not broadcast over the weekend, but we could not come on yesterday because we had some internet issues uh, that um, prevented us from broadcasting on our typical Friday night to close out our weekend of podcast or our week of podcasting. So, having said that, we come on today. We're back up and we're running. So today, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, there is something happening in the state of Kentucky that is is catching wind um, in the body of Christ, and I'm going to talk about that tonight. This is uh. This is extremely exciting because of how dark uh, our nation is right now, of all the things that are going on, the, the, the wars and rumors of wars, the disasters, the cultural decline, the moral decay, uh, and the list goes on. So what we're going to talk about tonight is refreshing. It is, uh, it's exciting. Uh, and we're going to talk about this tonight. So I want to talk about... Uh, Asbury College in Kentucky. This uh, is located in Wilmore, Kentucky. It is Asbury University. And there's what looks to appear a genuine move of God that is breaking out there. I want to share with you, I want to show you a little bit of a, we're going to show you some clips from this and pictures from individuals on the inside there. Here's one of them here uh, that I do want to show you. This, as you can see, uh, the altars there are just filled with people just on their knees, crying out to the Lord. There's uh, the, I guess I would call them the campus leaders, uh, the prayer warriors, the intercessors are all praying over them. Um, this revival is this is what they're calling this a revival. And from what I read, it started or it was initiated from uh a young lady there on campus who was struggling with suicide was contemplating on taking her life. She went to the campus, went to some of the other uh, students and asked for prayer and said she needed to give her heart to the Lord. They gathered around her, began to pray, began to intercede for her. And as they did, it just, it was like, um, it was like a match that hit dry wood and just combusted and this thing is from and and i'm going to share with you let's just let me go into that right now let me pull this off and i want to share with you some of this story now this is written from it this is called he is enough the asbury revival continues this was written by alexandra presta so i want to give you uh these are some people on the inside right there in again in wilmore kentucky quote we want more of you and less of us at the 32 hour mark 
Uh, now, the reason why this is, she's saying 32-hour mark is because this thing has been going on since Wednesday night. This past Wednesday night, they started praying, and people have not left the prayer meetings. They've not left uh, the university. They, they'll grab something to eat. They'll you know do what they need to do, and they're staying. They're lingering, and this thing has gone on for days now. At the 32-hour mark, there, uh, those words rang, rang out across Hughes Auditorium as revival involving Asbury University and the Wilmore, Kentucky community, community continues. So now they're saying it's spilling out beyond the auditorium and it's going into the community, community and impacting the community. To some, those words seem pretty countercultural. Typically, uh, we're told to think of ourselves more and prioritize ourselves and our wants and desires more. But this revival isn't about us. I love that. It's not about trying to recreate history. It has been and will continue to be all about Jesus Christ. Because in the words of Asbury Jr. Dakota Poole, he is enough. During a call of confession, at least a 100 people fell to their knees and bowed at the altar. Hands rested on shoulders, linked individual people together to present the body of Christ. Truly cries of addiction, pride, fear, anger, and bitterness sounded. Each followed by life-changing proclamation. Christ forgives you. Wednesday Chapel Speaker Zach Merkrib's Merkrebs, I don't know how you pronounce that, so I hope I didn't slaughter that, admitted to those in attendance he didn't know what the call of confession would look like, but this morning he spoke about seeing God not only, not only as a father, but as a friend, someone who won't abandon you, someone who will be there when you need to cry, mourn, rejoice, dance, or anything in between. All of the above have occurred in Hughes within the past day and a half, and God isn't finished yet. Quote, he hears our cries for mercy. Asbury Jr. One Asbury Jr. said, quote, he brings complete abundant healing and redemption. Testimonies and prayer have continued in between spirit led worship sessions. One painter even set up an easel to capture the essence of what Hughes has been likely uh what Hughes has been like recently. There was even a de- deafening and intentional silence as people sat in their seats, laid on the ground and clung to one another to listen to what God would want to speak to them. Currently, everyone worships. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. There is a recognition of the present moment. No worry for the future no shame of the past. Earlier today, I took a moment with some of the classmates in the basement of Hughes. We were supposed to have class, but instead our professor invited us to come and reflect on what was occurring in the chapel. Let me say that again. They were supposed to have class, but the spirit of God has broke out and has wrecked everyone's agenda. It is hard to verbalize. I have friends across state lines text and call me wanting an explanation for how and why God chose now to come in this way. I admit it to all of them, a phrase I usually despise. I don't know. And honestly, none of us do. But 
Just because we don't know all of the details of God's plan or his timeline doesn't eliminate that he still moves. He still shows up. Funny enough, it always seems to be right when we need him. Come on, isn't that true? The night is nowhere near over from my perspective. As long as the spirit calls for it, his children will remain here, allowing God's overwhelming and holy love to fill hearts and touch souls. And for those who have messaged the collagen asking for prayer, healing and transformation across the country, we hear you. We see you. And so does God. We will continue to provide updates from the Asbury campus. Now, I want to show you now this is from Jana Alcorn. Uh, this is from her Facebook page. And I want to read to you right here on your screen what she said, quote, I'm hearing of this spirit led movement on the campus of Asbury University, also known as Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. I love what she says here. No human leader, spontaneous hunger. Chapel service on Wednesday has not ended. Students are staying all night. No bells, no whistles. So refreshing. Here is a report. God is moving at Asbury. In 1970, a 10-day revival broke out at Asbury, and we're going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to take you on memory lane, or in memory lane, bring you 53 years ago, bring you to 1970, and, and show you why I believe the that uh, there is wells there. Now, I'll talk about wells of revival. It's an expression, not a literal well, but wells of revival that were dug there through intercessors and people of prayer and people that were seeking God in 19, actually it was 1969 up into 1970. And God answered that call and broke out in 1970. Um, currently there, they are on the, on one day, excuse me, let me say it again. Currently they are on day three, no plan of stopping. It is now spreading to other universities. Let me, I got to highlight that. It is now spreading to universities. Come on. Buses are coming. Never planned. All spontaneous Holy Spirit driven. People prostrate, prostrate shoes and socks off as the tangible presence of God is among them. My question, do we hunger for God? What are the conditions to revival? Would we sense this outpouring? We need to become desperate for God. It is clear we are, but we each have to know it. That that thought alone should drive us to the ground. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Again, that's from Jana Alcorn and her uh, personal Facebook page. Now, I want to talk to you for a moment about when we talk about refreshing, if you go into the scriptures, there's nowhere in the Bible where you actually see the term ref, uh, revival. But if you go to the book of Acts chapter 3, if you go to the book of Acts chapter 3, let me pull this up. You, I want to show you something here. Uh, and that is, and we'll just pull this right up here. This is in Acts chapter 3. Uh, Peter is standing up. The day of Pentecost had already uh, taking place. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there was, uh, 120 in the upper room. They were hungry. They were desperate. 
and they had a promise that they were seeking after and it would be the promise that was given to them by Jesus Christ, who said, go and tarry ye in the upper room in Jerusalem and wait for the promise upon high. There was originally 500, but 380 were not able to contend. I don't know what happened to them. They got busy. They had wives to contend to, husbands to contend to. They had a business. They had occupations. They had hobbies. They had, come on, somebody. In modern vernacular, they had a sports game to watch. They had to go on a fishing trip. They had video games to play. They were too busy. Hello. But a hundred, the 120 that remained diligent and persistent and kept praying in one mind and one accord, God met them. And there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that fell upon all of them that were there. So this is breaking out and it's spreading from the upper room all throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost. So someone has to stand up and give an explanation for what's going on because people are standing around and you got half the people that think these people are drunk because they hear them speaking in another language. It's, it's a heavenly language. They're, they're seeing the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but they don't have any language or definition in which to connect to it. There's no source to connect it to because they've never seen anything like this before. So Peter stands up. And he says here in verse 19, actually, even before Acts 3, 19, he tells them this Jesus Christ, and he's speaking to the Jewish people. They're all Jews here, by the way. The first Gentile convert is not to Acts chapter 10, Cornelius and his household. So they're all Jews. And Peter stands up and says, this Jesus whom you've crucified is now being glorified and this is that which, and he, you go to Acts chapter two, and he says that this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of and says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. There will be dreams and visions given to young men and old men and young women and older women. But then he goes down here to verse 19, Acts three nineteen. If you're listening by Spotify or by Apple, by podcast, Listen to what he says. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, again, this term refreshing here is where we derive the word revival. Let me pull this back here and talk to you for a second so you don't have to look at this uh, The me and a little bit of a square here on your screen if you're watching it visually. The term refreshing is likened unto when uh, you, someone who is in a dry and thirsty and barren place. And if you were to come and you were to pour cold water on them. It would be, it would refresh them. It would revive them. It's a picture. When we talk about the word revival, it comes from the term revive. Uh, and it actually means to, uh, to stimulate or to, uh, resuscitate. It's the picture of it is like a someone who has gone into cardiac arrest. 
or their heart has stopped beating or it's gone out of rhythm and they take out these electric paddles and they stick it upon their chest and it and it shoots a bolt of electricity into their chest so they can recharge their heart it re it re it actually literally raises them up they were in a state of being dead but they have been revived so again to restore to revive to arouse to stimulate and is this not is this not the uh, is this not what we're seeing and have seen across America, across America? Most churches across America are in a dry and barren and fruitless dead place. There's no moves of God, no outpourings of the Holy Spirit, no signs and wonders and miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit moving into place. There's not, there's, uh, it's just dry, dead and barren. There is a famine of moves of God. We have not seen in my personal opinion in America, I'm not speaking outside of America because outside of America for the last, probably I would say 10, 15 years or longer. We, there has been legitimate moves of God. What we would call them according to the language of the scriptures in Acts chapter three times of refreshing. These have happened outside of America, but I'm talking about in America. Because today we're talking about this move of God that's happening there in Kentucky at Asbury University. So we're in the United States. I don't believe there's been a move of God on a scale likened into what we read about in historical cancer revival since the Brownsville, Pensacola, Florida revival and 19 and on it began on Father's Day 1995 and it went on for about seven years and there was literally millions of people from all denominations and backgrounds and theological um uh, uh, differences that came through the walls of Brownsville revival in Pensacola Florida and it was impacted out of that movement birthed a lot of uh, things that, that we now are, uh, that we have seen the fruits of that for years and years, people being saved, people being delivered, uh, schools were birthed out of that. Universities were birthed out of that. E- evangelists were birthed out of that. Revivalists were birthed out of that. Worship leaders. Many of the worship songs that you and I still enjoy today were birthed out of the Brownsville revival and through people like Lyndall Coley who led the worship there was on the front lines of that. Oh, come on guys. Listen, I love, I know some of y'all don't like this stuff because it's not, you know, the gloom and doom and the apocalypse and the beast and the seven horns and the mark of the beast and the image of the beast. But I'm telling you, listen, I, and I've always said this. I don't believe there's going to be this utopia global outpouring. that's going to sweep the globe, but I do believe, and I've said, I believe I said this on my last podcast. In fact, there's going to be these pockets of revivals or these times, plural tense, of refreshing. My heart is full today with so much revelation that I want to share with you today on this because I've studied this topic. I've been a part of revival uh, movements and, and, and outpourings. I've, and listen, when you, if you've ever been a part of a corporate 
And we're not talking about personal revival because listen, personal revival is, I would put that above corporate revival because if there's not a personal revival, I guarantee you all these people here that showed up at that prayer meeting in Asbury University, they already had personal revival burning on the inside of them. And all they did was you had this group and this, and this individual and that individual carrying an ember and, and a coal of that personal revival and they're putting it together and now it's becoming a, now it's become a corporate revival. Cause see, without a personal revival, there'll never be a corporate revival. And a, a fire has to burn from within first before it can go from, go from within to without. And, and I can even talk about stages. You can go from revival or what we would call refreshing, which is where it hits these little pockets of like rural uh, churches or, or a, a single church here in the city or little pockets here and there. And then as it, as the f- flames keep burning and the embers keep spreading, then it goes outside of the church, outside of the community. Then it starts sweeping the state. And eventually if it goes and it gets into the nation, then we get into what's called a great awakening. We've had two major great awakenings in our history. And I pray to God for the sake of our nation and the sake of our children and our children's children and your grandchildren that we are alive and we see another third great awakening. Oh, how glorious would that be today, my friends? And listen, we need it. Our country needs this more than ever. It is the darkest hour. But listen, you go and study the first and second great awakenings. And it was always in that climate that always produced desperation and hunger. And out of desperation and hunger birthed great moves of God. That Again, when it began to spread and spread and spread, this is how the first and second great awakenings took place. In fact, there was a man in uh in 1904 to 1905 he was attributed the catalyst of what was called the Welsh revival his name was Evan Roberts and he was Evan Roberts was born and raised in a Welsh Calvinist Methodist family and according to history after working in the coal mines and then as a, a Schmitty, a Smithy, excuse me, he entered a preparatory college at Newcastle, Emlyn as a candidate for the ministry. This was in 1903. He was 25 years of age. He was seeking the Lord more for more than ever. He believed, listen to this, Evan Roberts believed that he would be baptized in the Holy Spirit And even while he would be praying, he would give an account in his own journals where he said his bed would shake as he began to pray and his prayers were answered. He says he goes on in his own accounts that the Lord would wake him up at one o'clock for divine fellowship, 1 a.m. in the morning for divine fellowship. When he would pray for hours, he would then return to bed at 5 a.m. for another four hours of sleep. Then he visited a, uh, he visited a meeting 
like kind of like what we're talking about here in Asbury, Kentucky, where in which Seth Joshua was preaching and heard the evangelist pray, quote, listen to the, the prayer, Lord, bend us. Three words. This was not a hermeneutical, philosophical, theological, persuasive sermon. There was nothing to woo and awe about. It was simply, Lord, bend us. The Holy Spirit said to Evan, quote, that's what you need. At the following meeting, Evan experienced a powerful feeling of the Holy Spirit. Quote, I felt a living power pervading my bosom. I took my, it took my very breath away and my legs trembled exceedingly. This living power became stronger and stronger each time I prayed until I felt it would tear me apart. My entire being was in turmoil. And if I had not prayed, it would have burst. Well, I don't know about that. I don't believe that's in the scripture. Well, you go to the book of Romans chapter eight. You know what it says in Romans eight? Let me just take you there. Let me go to the book of Romans chapter eight. Because I know as sure as I'm on here, people are like, well, I don't believe in all. Listen, I'm telling you, the sensationist, the people don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They believe all this stuff died away with in the fourth century and the spirit stopped pouring out and being poured out today. And God don't use people today. They they don't believe they don't want to hear any of this stuff. Oh, it's all emotionalism. It's false. It's fake. Guys, I'm going to get on my soapbox on that in just a moment. So you ain't heard nothing yet. Brother Ricky is going to preach the house down in just a second because this stuff has been bottling up in me. And I'm like, Jeremiah, it's like a fire shut up in my bones and I'm going to preach on it. But let me go to the book of Romans. Listen what it says down here. Watch this. Verse 26. Look what it says here. Likewise. The spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray as we ought to, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Hello. That kind of sounds what Evan Roberts is talking about. Listen, if you've never been baptized in the Holy spirit, then you don't have no clue what I'm talking about today. So don't be quick to be an armchair critic. It would be best to keep your mouth shut lest you fall into judgment. Listen, we I, I'm banning people from the Facebook page. If they get on there and they start speaking out against the Holy Ghost, they start get, get, uh, speaking out against revivals. They get gets uh, speaking out against these college students that have been interceding and praying and seeking God. If they start speaking all that nonsense, we boot them from the platform and we'll do it on YouTube and every other platform because we don't tolerate that mess. I don't let that nonsense go on because here's why. These are modern day Pharisees. And listen, Jesus was not nice to the Pharisees. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, I, if you go and some of y'all want to get me wound up, I'll preach even harder. Listen, he was loving, compassionate and merciful to the unrighteous, the, the wicked, the unregenerated, the come on those. He would constantly tell them he would deliver them. He would set them free. He would heal them and he would say, go. And he would say things like go and sin no more. Your, your faith has 
made you whole. He said, he told the woman uh, that was caught in the middle of adultery. He said, look up. He said, where are your accusers? And she said, I see none. And he says, neither do I. But he, but what did he do? How did he respond to the Pharisees? He called them dead man's bones. He called them sepulchers full of dead man bones. He called them vipers. He called them wicked. He called them, Stephen called them stiff necked who resisted the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, these people called Jesus a prince of demons. They said he casted out devils by the spirit of Beelzebub. They say he operated through Satan. And these same people will attack any move of God. And it's, I'm, and it breaks my heart because these people, listen, you'll go back and you'll discover these people will be, they, God will give them over. They won't have times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. They'll become vexed with oppression, sickness, poverty, depression. They'll have chains. They'll have bondage. They'll go around and they'll be angry. They'll be bitter. They will have no breakthrough because they've shut themselves off and shut down the move of the Holy Ghost from moving in their life. Listen, it is absolutely amazing to me how, and let me get on this soapbox. If I hear another Christian complain about the Grammys, oh, can you believe brother Ricky, what happened at the Grammys? I can't believe the devil showed right up around the stage through that performance at the Grammys. And Hello, what did you miss about the fact that it was called the Grammys? Did you miss the part where Jesus said, love not the world nor the things of the world? For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. As a Christian, a spiritual believer, why in the world would you even want to be entertained by that nonsense? Why are you offended at something the world is doing? Oh, y'all not hearing me. I'm going to preach a little bit louder for the background. Listen, the world is going to be the world. Jesus said the world is in darkness and the darkness does not comprehend the light. The Bible says that men hate the light and they love darkness lest their deeds be exposed because of the light. So listen, why are as believers are we getting upset because the world is being the world? Listen, if you're going to get that much righteous indignation, why don't you exert that energy to cleaning up the house of God? Why don't you be worried about the pulpit pimps that are coming behind pulpits and the wolves and the goats and the tares and the false apostles and the false prophets that are coming into your church and dividing and destroying our churches across America? My goodness, people, if we would have if we would have half the indignation that we have because the devil showed up at the Grammys, then we would for the church and the that it's in that we would be like Jesus and have so much indignation that they've turned the house of God, which is a, a house of prayer into a den of thieves. Jesus didn't put up with that nonsense. He made a cord of whips and he drove them out. But you know what we're doing? We're tolerating it. 
Are you listening to me? And then we wonder why we don't have revival. Then we sit around and we bicker and we argue and we complain. Well, you know, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. Look how dark this world is. I can't believe how dark this is. We need a move of God. Then when a move of God does take place, like in Asbury, Kentucky, the Pharisees are quick to show up and say, oh, I doubt this is a real move of God. Listen, we had people on our Facebook page say, I highly doubt that this is a real move of God because look in the sanctuary and there's people wearing hats in the sanctuary really well there's people waving flags in the sanctuary really wiped out if there's this is a real move of god because look at those women in those yoga pants and we know that god wouldn't do that guys really like i just i'm gonna take a I'm going to steal a line from Glenn Beck, and he always talks about getting your duct tape out and taping your head so it doesn't explode. Now, I got to calm down. Calm down, Brother Ricky. Let's get through this message. Okay, here we go. So, Evan Roberts got wrecked in the Holy Ghost, began to start a small prayer movement very small a handful of people and it began to ignite and the the fires of revival began to spread and it turned into and was a catalyst and they have attributed again evan roberts to be in one of the matches to ignite one of the great awakenings that shook the world not just in uh in england but the world okay so let me go back to the asbury and now you heard me talk about earlier that in 1970 there was a move of god that took place in this very location that's happening right now let me give you a little bit of a history on this in case you didn't know this In October 1969, an Asbury College student named Janine Braden asked for permission to hold an all-night prayer meeting on campus. Come on, somebody. Come on. Who is willing to have all-night prayer meetings anymore? I can't find them. You remember those? Do I get anybody that's watching or listening today that remembers the days of the all night prayer meeting? How many remembers the times when you, we would have groups of individuals that would lock themselves in the church and they, they literally a 24 hour prayer meeting? Where is that at today? Anyway, here's one individual said, I want to do an all-night prayer meeting on campus. Asbury was just a small college of a few thousand students in Wilmore, Kentucky. It was at a time of, now listen to this, ready? It was at, at a, when this happened, right? 1969. It was a time of great unrest in the nation. Are you listening to me? There was dissent over the Vietnam War. There was riots on college campuses and the shadow of persistent racism. Well, 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 isn't it interesting how Solomon said that which was is that which shall be. And there's no new thing under the sun. So again, if as Christians, we would stop focusing on how dark the darkness is and remember that Jesus said, I sent you out as light and salt. 
to go in the midst of darkness, to go in the midst of where the people are. Did, did the word not say that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few? Listen, Jesus is not losing sleep in heaven over the size of the harvest. He said, I'm not concerned about the harvest. I'm concerned about the labors that are going into the harvest. Listen to this. Janine had felt God calling her to pray as a student, leading regular 30-minute prayer meetings before the chapel services at Asbury. Now even more prayer was needed. At the all-night prayer gathering that October of 1969, over 150 students prayed into the night, with many sensing the power of God's presence. Who am I talking to today? What if one of you said, you know what? I'm going to start a prayer meeting in my home, in my neighborhood, in my community, in my church, in my cell group. I'm going to go to a Starbucks. I'm going to go to a coffee shop down the road. I'm going to go to a Panera Bread. I'm going to go here. Or I'm going to go there. And I'm just going to maybe if it's come on, if there's two or more gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. It only takes one spark. There was a man by the name of Jeremiah Ledford. He lived in New York City. In a time just like this, in an environment just like what we're seeing today, unrest, moral decay, violence, darkness, iniquity, lawlessness, abominations running rampant. And he, he was a businessman at heart. He decided to start a 12 o'clock noon prayer meeting in an office building. He showed up, it was just him, and then a couple people showed up, and then five people showed up, and then 10 people, then 20 people, and 100 people. Eventually, it got so big that he had to go to multiple buildings, and then out of that one prayer movement ignited a, again, this was also attributed to the catalyst of the Great Awakening. In days that followed Janine, and a handful of the students committed themselves to a great experiment for 30 days. Each day, they would spend half an hour in prayer. Man, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost is talking about this. It's, it's convicting me. There, I can do more. We can do more. Come on, as parents, as husbands, as wives, as leaders. They committed to. They would spend a half an hour in prayer and Bible study. So that's 15 minutes prayer, 15 minutes reading the Bible. They would write down what they learned and then they would share it with someone. The experiment went so well that they embraced it a second time. This time with 36 students beginning on January 2nd, 1970. God used his time to transform many hearts. And there were many stories of what God was doing. By the 1st of February of 1970, another 200 resolved to enter into another 30 days of this great experiment to meet with God on Monday evening. February the 2nd, a group of these Christians deeply hungry for God. You hear me? I said they were deeply hungry for God. They prayed late into the night for the next day's chapel service, just 
like what we're seeing right now in Asbury. Same location, same place, come on, same hunger, same desperation, and the same God is showing up and showing out again. We're going to pray for 15 minutes. We're going to pray for 30 minutes. But come on, has anybody, listen, I I don't know who I'm talking to today. It might be a small remnant today, but if you've ever tasted real revival, you'll know what I'm talking about. Listen, when you get in a real presence of God, when you have a real encounter with God, you get to a point, you get to a place where there is no return and you're wrecked in the Holy Ghost. You lose track of time. You don't care who's on the phone, who's trying to call you, what your plans are are your agenda is you'll get up off the floor off of your face after laying out before the lord and it's been two hours three hours four hours and you come up and you're wrecked and you're changed for the rest of your life that's what i'm talking about right here They prayed late into the into the night for the next day's chapel service. At 2.30 a.m., they paused and they decided to stop because they knew that, quote, God was going to come tomorrow. In other words, they had already made an atmosphere so conducive for the move of God that all they had to do was show up and God was already waiting for them. Listen, can I tell you something? We are not waiting on God. God is waiting for us. Listen, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I remember back in the day when I first got saved, people say that all the time. Well, if we're lucky today, God will show up. Well, we hope the Holy Ghost shows up today. Well, we hope God comes in today and moves upon the people. This is totally contrary to the scripture. What does the word of God say? It says, ask, seek, and knock. He that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and he that knocketh on the door, the door shall be opened unto him. The Bible says that those who come to God must first believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is waiting for you and waiting for me. On the 3rd of February, 1970, at 10 a.m., the student body gathered for what seemed like a routine service. And by the way, I want to give the credit for this. This is this was written from Walton Y-U-E-N. I don't want to slaughter your name. This was written from him. This is from uh, thinkrevival.com. So I want to give that credit to him for, for watching on uh podcast or listen on podcast on the 3rd of february 1970 at 10 a.m the student body gathered for was for what seemed like a routine service the academic dean felt led to not give a message as normal but share a brief testimony again that's what's happening right now in 2023 then he invited the students to do the same Students came forward to admit their personal sins and and to declare the excitement of experiencing the reality of Christ in their lives. Exactly what's happening right now. When the dean asked if anyone would want to come to the front for prayer, hundreds of young people streamed to the altar, worshiping, confessing sins, kneeling on the floor, calling on God. Hundreds gave their hearts to Jesus that morning. The chapel service, which usually, which usually lasted for one hour, did not end that entire day. Students and faculty flowed in and out of the chapel, experiencing God's presence 24 hours a day for more than a week. This right now, 
It started on Wednesday. We got Wednesday to Thursday, Thursday to Friday, Friday to Saturday. And now, who knows? We're, are, is this going to go as long as the one in 1970? Has the well been redug? Are we going to go beyond this? I, I pray to God that it would spread outside. Uh, I pray the entire, come on, state of Kentucky be engulfed by flames of revival. We're going to pray that at the end of this segment. Oh, I'm telling you, if you live in Kentucky and you're listening to this tonight, if you live in Kentucky, Tennessee, come on, Georgia, uh, anywhere, uh, Indiana, Ohio, if you live anywhere in, in, in driving distance, if this thing spills out into the communities, I'm telling you, I would get there and be a part of this. But even before many would even set foot in the chapel, they would describe a powerful sense of divine presence that filled them with conviction and drew them to apologize to those who had wronged and seek restoration. Man, this is so powerful. Soon the newspaper and television reporters came to investigate this, quote, uncanny situation. Oh, you listen, you know it's a move of God when the mainstream media comes involved. So get ready. If this thing is breaking out here, get ready for CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, and all them will show up and they'll be, oh, and, and I can already see the headlines. Oh, a right, a, a right wing evangelical movement is taking place in Kentucky. I guarantee it. So just get ready for it because it's coming. It happened in Azusa Street Revival. It happens in Brownville Revival. It, 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 it will happen. It happened here in 1970 in Kentucky. Many college and many colleges would ask for Asbury students to come and share with them their experience. So I'm looking for this to happen too. For students from Asbury today, 2023, to begin to go to other universities and start sharing testimonies. And as they share it, it's going to kindle the flame. Over the next few months, Asbury would send over, listen to this, 2,000 witnessing teams across the country. By the summer of 1970, over 130 schools had been impacted as the revival spread from city to city. God would pour out a fresh flood of his spirit, resulting in spontaneous worship, prayer, and healing. Yes, I said healing. I don't care if you don't believe in healing today. Well, I don't believe God heals today. Then don't receive it. That's your loss, not ours. You want to put God in your, in your theological denominational box? You go ahead and do that. But for the rest of us, we're going to receive everything God has for us. Thousands would put their trust in Jesus Christ and many more found themselves unexpectedly awakened to the mighty presence and reality of their God. Let me read. I want to read just a few. How long have I gone here? Let me look on here. I don't want to spend a lot of your time on this Saturday night. We've gone 45 minutes. Let me read you just a few testimonies and then we're going to pray. This is from Linda Six, 1972. She wrote, quote, she was a part of this movement in 1970. She said, quote, we saw God at work wherever we went. The thing that affected me was the honesty, truth, and openness of everyone because we were in a holy place. Truth and righteousness were supreme. It was wonderful that my entire family was there and experienced the revival together. Those first few days before my parents went home to Michigan, God's presence was so near. Here's another one. 
This is from Paul. Within minutes, the spirit came and everyone felt his unexplainable presence. The greatest thing I constantly witnessed and experienced was our equally, our equality before him. We all were overwhelmed. The eternal power did not betray us and conviction came because of the, of the, of his holiness that enveloped us in love. That is with me to this very day here's joe uh this is uh this is another individual by the name of joe i was a senior at asbury seminary preparing for pastoral ministry when the revival came a carload of greenville college university graduates like myself drove all night to greenville illinois to be in the chapel the next morning after a few of us shared what we had witnessed in wilmore students spontaneously began streaming to the altar man i just let me just get right into prayer, guys. I feel this overwhelming presence of God on me just talking about this. Because listen, when you start talking about the Holy Ghost and you start talking about Him, He shows up and shows out. So this is what I want us to do today. If you're watching today, you're listening today, listen. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. If you are of college age and you are within driving distance to Wilmore, Kentucky, to Asbury College, I implore you, if it's possible to get to be a part of this, to be there, go do it. I'm telling you, you will your life will change forever when you're in the when you're in a move of God like this. Because these outpourings, these refreshing times of refreshing, when they come, you need to jump in on this. You need to be a part of this because this is what many of us have been praying for. And listen, right now, here's what we're going to do. I want you to agree with me. And we're going to pray that what God is doing in Wilmore, Kentucky will begin to spread outside of that community. It will go throughout the state of Kentucky. It will begin to spread and it will go statewide and even further Lord willing in Jesus name. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come to you, Lord, and in the awe of your presence and what you're doing, God, I thank you for your outpouring that you're pouring out into these college students there in Wilmore, Kentucky at this college, Lord. Lord, you have heard the cries of repentance. You have seen these cries. Lord, I have heard it said, and I'm still trying to seek confirmation on this, that there was an individual there that was ab about to take their life and they cried out for help and they cried out to seek you and a relationship with you. And when people gathered around and began to pray and intercede, it was like a spark. It was like an ember on dry wood and it is combusting and it is breaking out. And Lord, today we come along. I come in into agreement with my brothers and sisters and we say to the Holy Spirit of God just blow on the fires that are burning God we say let it be so we say even what Evan Roberts prayed then and what they prayed Lord bend us Lord use us for your glory God Lord is there praying there Lord let it be so God let it happen again stir up 
up the wells. Open those wells that have been dug in times past and let them flow again in Jesus' name. Let the love of God flow, the power of God flow, the gifts of the Spirit, God. Let there be repentance. Let there be salvations. Let there be spontaneous baptisms in Jesus' name. Let there be conversions, transformations, and deliverances in Jesus' name. Oh God, I pray that it would that the that the embers would somehow reach our homes here in our states and our communities and our marriages and our students and our children. God, may that may we burn, Lord, like never before, and may our children burn like never before in this hour. God, in Jesus' name, God, this all lines up with Scripture. You said, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves in prayer and turn from their sins and from their wicked ways, then shall you hear from heaven and heal our land." Oh God, may this be a healing in our land. God, if there was ever a time we needed healing in our land, that we needed an outpouring, that we needed a refreshing from the presence of the Lord, it is now. You see that this is the darkest hour. Lord, you see the moral decay. You see the civil unrest. You see, Lord God, the division. You see what's going on in the churches, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray that this thing would be a genuine move of God. And that, Lord God, we would hear great testimonies that would continue to to, to come from this move of God in Jesus' name. Come on, all God's people said yes. All God's people said amen and receive it today. Come on, receive this for your household and your family and your marriage and your children. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Listen, guys, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. That's where you're going to find us. Get our free app. If you've not downloaded our free app, it's available on Apple. It's available on Android. Uh, you can download it there at your Play Store, whatever that is, and just type in End Time Headlines. Get it today. Push yes to push notifications, and you're going to be notified of every headline and every podcast when it's readily available. Listen, if this ministry is a source of information, revelation, equipping, information, all of the above, and you uh, would like to pray about becoming a monthly partner, we pray that you would do whatever the Lord puts upon your heart to do. We don't manipulate people. We don't tell you, you got to give this amount of this. No, we, everything is free. The app is free. The message is free. The podcast is free. The subscription is free. Everything is free. No, no merchandise, no DVDs, no CDs. We just ask that as you are blessed and you're equipped, that you would give according to what your hearts desire. For some of you, this is your home church because uh, you don't have a home church where you're at or there's not one available because of your circumstances. We just pray that you be obedient to the word of God on giving and receiving and God will bless you for that. So again, thank you for your giving. How do you do that? You can do it two different ways. You can give by the app. That's the easiest way. That's electronically. Or you can give by the main website at endtimeheadlines.org.com. Uh, you can do that way or you can give right there on the screen by check or money order and you can make it out to end time headlines p.o box 1391 that's monroe georgia that's 30655 as always guys from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for your prayers your contributions your partnership to income headlines helping us and supporting us and without you without your partnership we would not be able to do what we're doing so we're getting the word out don't forget to like this subscribe to this hit that 
yes the push notifications the bell whatever platform you're on rumble youtube if you're on the podcast share this get the word out and uh and and, and we're gonna sign off for t- uh, for this saturday i almost said friday because i'm not used to being here on saturday we will be off tomorrow on the 12th and lord willing will we be back up here and going on the 13th uh which is monday and we've uh, we've got a lot to cover next week too so be ready because we've got a lot of information we want to give you things to be in much prayer about uh dealing with the world and different things going on there so until then may the lord bless you keep you and may his countenance shine upon you have a great weekend we'll see you monday thank you for listening to the end time headlines podcast We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.